This episode is brought to you by Shuggies. Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. <laughs> so Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar. And you can use Shuggies wherever you would want something to be a little sweeter, like stir it into your coffee in the morning or brew up a batch of lemonade on a hot summer afternoon. That sounds so refreshing. Mm. I would use it in baking. Oh, what would you make? Right now, I'm kind of into snickerdoodles, if I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like they're the... Them. Yeah, right? Like nobody remembers them. And every time I see one, I'm so pleased. So I'm trying to find a really good snickerdoodle recipe right now. Yeah, make a fat snickerdoodle and put some shuggies on it and call it a shuggy doodle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check them out at shuggies.com. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S.com. Or find them on Instagram at that shuggies feeling. Yeah, that shuggies feeling. I want that feeling all the time. Yeah, elevate your everyday with shuggies. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Happy holidays. Happy sneeze days. What are you talking about? I've been sneezing for like a week. You have the allergies? I think it's the fall pollen. You can't even the way you say fall. it. <laughs> the fall pollen. Mm-hmm. That's can you a hear tough it? one. Yeah, My I can schnoz? hear it. <laughs> when a nose becomes a schnoz. Yep. Because it's filled with drips. It's the mold. Are you a mold girl? I, I yeah maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All the dust. How about you? Um, in St. Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, what St. Louis has in store for me, but yeah, that air gets me. Ooh. That's why I moved. Yeah. Oh, because of the, your allergies? <laughs> because of my allergies. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you'd still be in St. Louis. Yeah. I'd be there. Nice. Doing stand up once a week. Uh-huh. That's it. Enjoying the, uh, what are those pockets? Those hot pockets? The, the, the toasties? What are they called? The fucking toasties that you dip in a thing. And Toasted raviolis. What are you looking at me like I'm nuts over there? Well, because at first I was like, a Hot Pocket. And then I was like, no, that's not a St. Louis treat. But yeah. yes, a toasty ravioli, the mini Ooh. mini Hot Pockets. The best thing you could ever have when you're high. They are fucking amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about toasted ravioli and marijuana. <laughs> it's so niche. <laughs> Everyone loves it, but it's very niche. And they keep bringing up the same topics. It's so niche. Yeah. Um, no, this is a podcast about cannabis comedy culture, cooking, and calling shit out. Your nose is red. It's so red. It's it's like killing me right now not to just be doing that like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rubbing it. Do you carry a tissue? I carry like a p- backpack full of tissues <laughs> at all times. And I carry um, eye drops and I also carry uh, wet wipes and Purell. A lot. I'm ready to go, man. You should put a little fanny pack around Archie, kind of like a St. Bernard with that barrel around their neck. You oh. should have like a Kleenex around your dog's neck. A little sneeze station? Yeah. I sneezed so hard the other day that I peed a little. And <laughs> <laughs> and it was like my 87th sneeze of the day. And uh, I was walking Archie at the time. And I sneezed and peed a little and was like, God damn it. And then um, tweeted about it and asked what people thought that that sneeze should be called whether a sneeze that makes you pee should be called a peas or a sneepy oh sneepy is more fun I like peas sneepy. is a little cleaner yeah my favorite though was uh joel 
who said, if you poo, it's, it should be called an achpoo. Uh, achpoo. Achpoo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it should be called? Like, what was the, what was the consensus on the uh, It was kind of half and half. Peas or Sneepy. <laughs> Basically, I, I peed my pants while I was walking my dog. <laughs> Made a poll about it. Uh-huh. That's so funny. I mean, I had sneezed so many times that day that I just forgot to hold my bladder tight when I did that one. I get it. It was exhausting. Everything was tired. My pelvic floor just gave up. <laughs> um, it anyway. had to feel a little bit good, too, right? Like, no. I feel like a, if you do anything... Like anything that comes with the sneeze is yeah. kind of a bonus, nice feeling. Not so if pee. you if you fart a little bit, it's gonna be like, oh my god, that felt so good because it was no. probably somewhere deep. Um, if snot shoots out like a snot rocket, that probably feels amazing. So I feel like pee, while embarrassing, might have also had a bit of relief to it. No, if I had farted because I sneezed so hard, that would have made me laugh. But like peeing a little bit, and you know, plus you're just like. I don't know. Then you just feel weird about it. Then you're like, what? Do, you know, do I need to like duck into a store and buy some products that are like marketed towards people who have? I don't even know. Oh, like weak bladders. Mm-hmm. Like that's so funny. If people when they have allergies, uh-huh. they start wearing diapers. <laughs> like allergy season, diaper sales go through the roof. Oh yeah, that station is like Claritin next to the Depends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was like mad about it. But anyway, so um, yeah, that's my life right now. You peased. I peased. I sneepied. Yep. That <laughs> happened. How about you? You were in Vegas. How are you? With Joel. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I love Vegas so much. Oh, how it's w- a dream come true. I did a bunch of drugs. I listened to Kendrick Lamar, Tyler, the creator, put on an amazing show, reconnected with my childhood friend Joel on a deep level, which is what Vegas is really all about. Yeah. It's about running around and drinking too much and recouping the next day and yelling at the moon but really you're when you're there with somebody it's about making a new deeper connection with them and i got to do that with joel and it felt really great That's beautiful. we did deep tissue massages i went to a korean spa for the first time okay i got a deep tissue massage head to toe no happy ending <laughs> okay freaks i wasn't gonna ask but um, you thought it uh, you know one always wonders one always wonders yeah one does not actually always wonder but i'm glad everyone wonders <laughs> You kidding me? But um, wait, did you? Can I ask about the tweet that I read that you posted about that experience? Oh, I forgot the most important part. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we microdosed before the massages at the Korean spa. What did you microdose? Acid. Whoa! So it was my first time trying acid. Okay. Uh, was this weekend? I'd never tried it before, mm-hmm. and we tried it on Friday night. I had a full gel, like one full gel, but I did low and slow, like we always talk about on here, where you. I tried like a quarter and then a half and then the whole thing. Uh-huh. And by the time the whole thing hit, it was like two in the morning. And thank God we had emergency hamburgers from the downstairs deli at uh-huh. Circus Circus. Because uh-huh. good God, I don't remember anything, but it was wild. Wow. And then I was like, I really like that. But the next night I was like, I can't do another full acid test. So, And we didn't want to go to the show on Saturday night. So instead we treated ourselves to... Um, Microdose Korean spa. I mean, you like lay in a room made of jade and yeah. it's supposed to help you out and you lay in a room made of salt and that helps you out and then you lay in a steam room and all your pores feel like they're sneezing kind of. You get like that greasy, pore opening, sludgy, toxic film that's coming out of you. For the deep tissue massage, did you get the one where they like scrub all the skin off your body or were they just going at your muscles? They were going at my muscles like mm. a goddamn bear shaking Leonardo DiCaprio. It was intense. That, feel, that must have felt so crazy it, on acid. It did feel crazy on acid. And then yeah. she tried to touch my foot. No, you cannot. That's the one thing I learned about acid. You cannot touch my feet. 
if I'm on acid. Uh, noted. Noted. Okay. That is like a hard rule. Okay. Don't touch my toes. Got it. Because <laughs> I was like, ah! And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I don't need a foot rub. Was it like a horse where you kicked her across the room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she left a little impression like in Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The person-shaped hole in the wall. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> And, that, and then I had to apologize, and uh, it was a whole thing. Wow. But yeah, microdosing and getting deep tissue massages in Vegas is the shit. Well, that sounds fucking cool. What a cool weekend. Yeah, it was awesome. So can you touch? have people touch your toes when you're on acid? Oh, I love it. Really? Well, I actually don't know about when I'm on acid. The last time anyone touched my feet when I was tripping was, that I remember was when I did this um, crazy psychedelic called BDF that was like a synthesized something or other kind of miraculous that um, was a long time ago now. But I remember I was getting a calf and foot massage from a friend as Pink Floyd played and I watched my entire leg turn into a rainbow. That's dreamy. Yeah. Holy shit fucking beautiful so bdf is kind of like acid it's a similar experience yeah it's that same kind of like you know very like uh i mean you know i can't describe acid to anyone who's yeah, it's like it. a dream yeah you got it yeah um yeah it just lasted a really lasted a really long time it yeah. lasted a lot longer than my lsd experiences it lasted it was like a solid 24 hours molly's still my favorite I don't care how you slice it. The last day there, we did Molly together and saw Kendrick Lamar and Tyler, the creator. Wow. It was awesome. Wow. Awesome. Hell yes. So. What a weekend. Yeah, it was great. Fucking cool, man. Well, you didn't miss anything here. It was Mm. just a lot of sneezing. Um, (laughs) My cat Bobo has lost his mind and he now meows from when the sun goes down until the sun comes up. Do you think anyone has any recommendations out there for things that they've experienced with your cat like this before? If anybody knows, I may actually um, try a little CBD on him. I have yet to give my cat CBD. I've given Archie some CBD treats and he seems to tolerate them fairly well because he's a little nervous guy. Um, so yeah, but uh, beyond that, like if anyone knows about cats, uh, having some sort of like weird experience when the sun goes down, he's very old and I think he's also just confused about the move cause we moved to a new place and he has yet to be really familiar with it maybe. Anyway, all advice appreciated if you know what's up with old cats yelling all night. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> not my favorite thing. You're sneezing um, and he's yelling? I'm sneezing, he's yelling, Archie's just confused. I mean, Aww. he's just like, what is this crazy house that I live in? Um, nobody seems to be having a good time right now. But we'll all get through it. Okay, good. Yeah. What's up in the news, speaking of news? Oh, uh, well, I actually read this crazy story on Marijuana Moments. I don't know why I couldn't say that for a moment. I just might have had a brain fart. MarijuanaMoment.net, which is a great place for all of the news you need to know. So the Grub Gazette this week is brought to you by Marijuana Moment. And it's a story about doctors finding marijuana in a man's nose that he had forgotten. He smuggled into prison 18 years ago. Well, that's your allergies, Mary Jane. Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> the weed I put up my nose like that's a your... decade ago at Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy, though, was uh, trying to smuggle weed into jail. And he basically stuffed weed into a balloon and then stuffed it up his nose to smuggle it past the guards. And then he thought somehow that he had shoved it too deep and that he must have swallowed it. But it was actually just in his nasal cavity for 18 years. Oh, my God. And it was uh, just highlighted in a report published in a medical journal. Um, yeah, doctors got it out after he went to the hospital for a CT can after a CT can CT scan excuse my sneezy brain, after complaining of headaches. And um, yeah, he'd, he'd been having problems for that whole time. And uh, it was a weed. So they pulled it out, smoked it, and uh, now he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you smoked it with the doctor? Yeah. Okay, cool. No, gross. <laughs> I would still smoke it. That's some old-ass weed. Yeah, but I mean, come on. 
18 years, 18 years. If you had weed that had been up your nose for 18 years, would you smoke it? I'll smoke anything. Yeah, that's true. Come on. I've seen it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the news. No, what what a wild news story. Yeah. It makes me think of those Egyptians when they would do the uh, mummification. I always loved that growing up where they would put the hook up the nose to pull the brain out the nose. So I can only imagine. Or have you seen Total Recall? Yes. Isn't there a part with... um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where they pull this glowing orb oh, out of his nose. And, and he does that amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a great movie. Total Recall. If anyone has not seen Total Recall, get baked right now and get Total Recall. It's one of the best movies ever. It is. I feel like if you busted that out on Thanksgiving when everyone's full and feeling lethargic and you're like, yeah. we're all watching Total Recall, everyone would be on board. It's great. It's action. It's sci-fi. It's Mars. There's hot women. There's Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's oh, Kuatu. It's such a... Anyway, don't want to say too much. Yeah. The best part is like the weird like love triangle with the women. Oh, that's... You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, it's a classic. It's so good. Huh. Wild news story. Yeah. Have you ever had anything stuck in you? Take <laughs> <Thank laughs> your fart. Um, Slipped in you? I'm sorry. What should I say? I... Slid? The worst thing that I ever had stuck in me that I didn't want there was uh, a weird enema that I had when I was like a teenager and I was mad about it. I went to the hospital for like some abdominal issues and they kind of like gave me a surprise enema. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I hated the whole experience, but um, that's about it. I've never gotten anything stuck anywhere, like in an ear or a nose or anything. How about yeah. you? Uh, I hid some weed in my pee hole for 32 years. Oh, yeah. are you going to bust it out right now? Bust it out right I now. that shit. <laughs> Uh, we have an amazing <laughs> guest this week. I know, but wait. What? We have so much more we have to just cruise through real quick. Oh, we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just really quick. Okay. Um, because when you were talking about CBD for your cat, oh. it made me think about the videos that we have coming up for Goldleaf and how maybe we'll, maybe we should make some dog and cat biscuits to try yeah. them for your cat. That's actually a great idea. We should use the Goldleaf Pet Jotter to check out what's going on with Bobo and see how some CBD actually affects him. Because in addition to his like weird up-all-night yelling thing, He's also got some like skin issues, and he's just old. He's and old. His hips are rocky. Yeah, his little joints need some help and stuff. So yeah, maybe we could use the CBD or the pet jotter to to track uh, some CBD uh, treatments for Bobo and see if that helps him out. Let's do that. Yeah. If you have a pet at home, or if you want to get some beautiful artwork like we just got from Goldleaf, go to gold, shopgoldleaf.com mm-hmm. or their Instagram is at Goldleaf, but there's no O, so it's just gold leaf uh-huh they've and, got all kinds of stuff yeah. yeah and it is the holidays so maybe it's time to get something really sexy and cool for somebody you love they've got a beautiful food and wine pairing print that's the ultimate thing if you love if you have someone who loves food and weed would look great in a kitchen and they sell these walnut rails that you can suspend it from the whole thing is just like a really gorgeous classy package with beautiful artwork that's also informative let's take some pictures of the ones they just sent us yeah okay we'll post those deal all right you want to go to Buds of the Week? I do. Okay. Do you want to go first or second? Um, I'll go first. Dynamite. My friend Josh Bierman. I love Josh Bierman so much. He just posted a really funny picture that made me think of this, where it was like an old driver's license where he was so clearly high. Um, and he just posted it with the caption, I was. And then a bunch of people chimed in in the comments, and they were like, you were what, bro? And then I was like, hee funny joke. Yeah. Because, you know, he's, um, I don't know, he's got kids and stuff. Maybe he doesn't want to say that anymore. But he is a dear friend of mine. He's at Josh 
Todd, T-O-D, one, Bierman on Instagram. He's a fun follow. If you want to watch videos of him, like, doing ridiculous fun things with his kids, he's, he's a great writer, and he makes fun videos of himself with his two sons, and his wife, Nicole, is also a dear friend. They're just a great gang up in Seattle. Legal weed, what, what? Um, wonderful family, and I've known them both forever, and Josh is a fun follow, and I was just thinking about him because of that driver's license picture, which is really great. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's the best. My Bud of the Week is actually Buds of the Week. Ooh. Yeah, I got an eighth coming through. Okay. Because I just want to shout out everyone who sent us all those great Halloween costumes of themselves, of their dogs. Oh, man. Dynamite DMs at Weed and Grub on Instagram. So I want to thank Zobel97. Oh, look at her dog. Yeah, and uh, we got a message because we posted it saying that... Um, Zoe was poison ivy and her dog was a bat dog. And then um, another person wrote in was like, um, a Batman's dog is called Ace. Oh, yeah. Daniel wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. And now I know it's a dog named Ace. Yeah. So Batman's dog is named Ace. Uh, Zoe and her dog were uh, poison ivy and Ace, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Bat, well, bat dog. Bat dog. Freaking bat dog. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say Zobel97, thank you. I want to say bear underscore habits. Bear as in B-E-A-R underscore habits. Thank you so much for this bamboozled dog that looks like a sluggo but is actually a doggo. I want to thank, <laughs> that one's so funny, Lil underscore, unders, Lil, did you give me the allergy tongue? Uh, yeah. Lil underscore shog hebe. S-H-A-H-G-H-E-I-B-I. Such a good costume. They went as BFFs, just like me and Joel. Um, They went as pot brownies. So, you know, the Girl Scout brownies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they went as pot brownies They were the best. Yeah, with their little sashes with weed leaves on them and stuff. It's so good. So fun. And they're holding up three fingers in the picture. Oh, shout out to Lil. So fucking fun. And I want to say thank you to Maddie underscore Murphy. Maddie is M-A-D-I-E underscore Murphy for her shark dog. Jesus Christ. That dog is hella cute. Just like a little bullet head in a shark outfit. It's so funny. But putting a dog in a shark costume might be my favorite thing. It's like Tyler the Creator was cool, but a dog in a shark costume? Everything. Sign me the fuck up. Yep. Mm. It's everything. Oh, man. All the time. Pet pictures, always, please, along with any other pictures you want to send us of like your food or your weed or your whisks or whatever you think is cool in the world. Yeah. Dog and cat pictures or any other pictures of animals, always most welcome. I just posted a picture of a rabbit bird mashup the creature that i found on this account that's making animal like it's taking like a pug and putting it on the face of like a giraffe it's just a great oh i saw that because mm-hmm. it's a rabbit face on a bird body yeah got it yeah and it's like little bird feet are like clinging onto a branch but then it's a sad rabbit head it's the shit <laughs> <laughs> oh man do you want to get to our very important bud our vib our vib matt besser oh very important besser yes vib in the bbb the most important we lit up some sativa we heard all about how he recorded he had to find a venue where he could get high with the audience for this special it's fucking hilarious hell yeah and he smoked with them and that's when he said like and then we started getting real weird with the editing for this special because you know i got pretty stoned and his wife was there <laughs> oh yeah that's it's, right. uh, it's one of my favorite moments in the special which you can get right now it's available everywhere out uh pot humor mm-hmm. and uh yeah we had a great time hanging out with matt besser great stories great stories everybody please we both have watched the album and it is absolutely tremendous smokable watch Pot Humor, and then watch Total Recall. Oh, 
That's like a perfect night. That's a night. Man, if you're in St. Louis, have a toasted ravioli for me. There you go. Mm-hmm. Drop some acid and don't touch my feet. <laughs> cool. Okay. Without further ado, here is our chat with Matt Besser. Hi, everyone. As you know, Mike and I love to travel and we love to check out new shops everywhere we go. Yeah, one of our favorite places to go is Vegas. What's up, Vegas? What up? Yo, life is beautiful, the Fremont experience. Any reason at all? Any, seriously, any reason Do at all. Do you wanna go right now? Yes, let's go. Let's well, go. while we're there, we should go to, to our favorite dispensary, Euphoria Wellness. They were the first dispensary to open in Las Vegas, and they have won multiple Best of Las Vegas awards. Right? You open first, and you do it the best? Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I loved how when we got to Euphoria, the staff was super welcoming. So nice. And then check-in was super quick. And then the best part, you have an experienced wellness guide with you, so they can walk you through the entire process and help you select the best products for what you need. And they have a huge selection of flour, edibles, cartridges, and tons more, and they're house brand of flour which is called Suma so good it's amazing yeah Suma um, yo Suma. honestly you walk in there you go through check-in and then you have a wellness guide walk you through and then you get Suma yeah stop that's so, so good check them out the next time you're in Vegas their website is euphoriawellnessnv.com that's euphoriawellnessnv like for nevada.com yeah and use our special promo code GRUB and you'll get 10% off your next visit at the dispensary keep out of reach of children for use only by adults 21 years of age and older no other coupons or discounts apply you did it like one of the that sounded yeah, right? so good thanks yeah Yeah. go to euphoria wellnessnv.com magical butter magical butter How much fun is that? Magical Butter is the best machine for making all of your edibles at home. Let me ask you three questions. Okay. Can I make infused chocolates? Yes. Gummies? Yes. Tinctures? Yes. Oils? Yes. Butter? That was five. (laughs) (laughs) And yes. And you can buy Magical Ghee from MagicalButter.com and that's Whole30 approved and compliant so you can infuse your own ghee and then still be on your Whole30 diet. Ooh, that sounds... I'm actually thinking about doing Whole30 again. Well, you should get your Magical Butter machine and get that ghee going. Get that ghee going. Get that ghee going. <laughs> MagicalButter.com. Use promo code Weed and Grub at checkout for 20% off. And check out their Instagram because it is the sexiest food pics I've ever seen. So go to Magi- at Magical Butter and peep it, follow it, like it, fave it, comment. <laughs> Lick it, like it, love it. They're good vibes all day. Good people doing good things. MagicalButter.com. Use the promo code Weed and Grub at checkout. Give them a follow and... And make your own edibles at home, man. Why not? What goes into them and it'll feel so good. Yeah. That should be their tagline. Yeah. Magical butter. You know what goes into it and then you feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Magicalbutter.com. Promo code weed and grub at checkout will get you 20% off. As you smoke that J, let's go. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Amazing. Uh, <laughs> little morning wake and bake yep. record with Matt Besser. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you. Uh, As I just took my puff, I... Did the classic blow it to the heavens No, she had a skylight. I didn't notice if I hadn't been smoking. <laughs> Let's introduce you properly. Sorry. It's, this is, well, this is exactly how this show goes. It's perfect. Yeah, so we're nailing it. We're 10 for 10 right now. Uh, what, how would you introduce yourself? Would you say comedian? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, thanks right? Thanks for asking that. Yeah, well, it's tricky, right? Because some people prefer artists. Some people prefer just person hanging out and they don't want to label themselves as anything really or performer i feel like is something i hear nowadays more than you know one particular aspect of being a performer it's a catch-all maybe like i got labeled as an i had this discussion with with my wife and she's she she's a sitcom writer but she's also a performer her podcast is bigger than mine yeah uh, bitch Sesh, if you're into The Real Housewives. Bitch but, Sesh? Bitch Sesh. That's a great name. 
I'm sure there's a pot sesh somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but but now but you go by comedian. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like I feel like I earn that more. It's easy to call yourself an actor than it is a comedian, I feel. And can you call yourself a comedian if you've done one like open mic? Are you a comedian at that point? Like I remember coming right out of college and you know, what what's your son doing? Well, I'm a comedian now. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I've been up on stage for five minutes at a strip club on the off night. Yeah. Am I a comedian? <laughs> I feel like yeah, you could be you can be an actor if you just kind of have a face like you know you can you be an aspiring audition, actor you do one play you're an actor i feel that's easier to pull off are there aspiring comedians though you never hear you're either a comedian or oh, you're not interesting right? i think you got to be delusional enough to call yourself a comedian before you are one. Oh, and then you need you'll that like, confidence yeah <laughs> totally i think you're the comic hero once you get your first laugh even at the open mic yeah do you but remember you bomb, do I remember the very first uh, time I was on stage or first open mic? They're a little different, I guess. Either. I, uh, both. I'm not sure. I remember the first open mic. I remember the venue. I'm not sure I remember the night. It was a strip club, which is why I referenced that. It was in uh, Boulder, Colorado. And on Sundays, they had blue laws where you couldn't strip. So they had stand up there. And I was oh, wow. completely new at it. And the new comedians would always go up first, the rookies go up first in the lineup. So there were literally people in the audience who didn't speak English who were there thinking it was a strip show and I would walk out and I would see people start talking and murmuring to each other. Why is that a man? Why is that person not taking off their clothes? Also, I don't think I have enough money for him. I need to go get more. Aha, he's so sexy. But I, yeah, I made my most money my first... Uh, getting strip tips <laughs> wow so the first time you hit the stage was at a venue that wasn't a comedy venue in front of people surprised to see you yes Woof. well the first time i did comedy was in a was in a contest but uh and they definitely knew it was a contest and everyone was there to see if that was like a college thing but the first i don't feel like that's as legit a world yeah like trying something in college is kind of uh a little more pampered mm-hmm. totally I mean, but that when you hit that strip club stage and those lights hit you and there's a pole behind you, mm-hmm. like, do you remember vividly the set and how it went? That's what I'm saying. I don't know if I remember the first one necessarily. And I also think the conditions were so bad that I probably wouldn't have blamed myself if I bombed yeah. versus the first time I did comedy in that contest, there was like 2000 people in the audience. Fuck, it, was at, it was at UMass oh. as part of a comedy contest. And I actually did well. But I was up against other college kids that had equal experience. So it wasn't real world, really, you know? Mm-hmm. But this is real world. You're just like, you got to convince someone who's not at the venue for comedy to laugh, <laughs> you know? Oh. Uh, I remember doing another strip club once I moved to Chicago when I was on the road in Wisconsin. And I remember this one because I was more confident at that point. But... Those lights, they're in some of those strip club strips on the stage. They kind of rotate. They go, do, 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 do. If you know what I'm talking about, like there'll be three different colored lights and they ro- the lights rotate. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the stage lights were hooked up to the same electricity source as the microphone or something. And every time the light would change, it would go, do, do, do. <laughs> and not in some rhythmic... <laughs> electronica way and just like uh the this microphone's fucked up 
and you could not tell a joke. It was like, and I just started laughing because one, no one cares that you're going to tell a joke. All they want to do, they just want to make fun of you. Yeah. They should just say, really, that job should have been in in between the strippers, try to make it where these guys don't leave. That's it. You know? Yeah. Another drink. But I was actually trying to do my material, which was a fool's errand. I can just hear, like, you're like, how's everyone doing tonight? And you hear silence, and then you hear, dunk. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you smoke before you perform ever? Um... Stand up, I would say almost ninety nine point nine percent never, because there's I'm usually trying new material, and I don't do it so often. It's precious to me my stand up time, so mm-hmm. I don't want to get up there and waste my time. And I am working on material since I do improv more than stand up, and I do shows like Ask Cat where I MC and I. That's just extemporaneous, and I'm working with the audience. That's where I get my jollies out for just, I could be high and just have fun, and Mm -hmm. I have definitely done Ask Cat high and done that portion of the show high. But stand-up, I'm like, I'm too concerned about my material and the time I have to work on it to Mm -hmm. be high with it, you know? That being said, on my special (laughs) that I'm pushing... Pot humor. Pot humor. When I did that, it was in a cannabis club, Northwest Cannabis Club in Portland, where you can get high inside, the audience can get high. And when I was looking for a venue to do my special, there's very few places in the United States of America where you can do that and have an audience that's more than 100 people. Like, Mm -hmm. I could not find it. And I found this place, and it was perfect. It It was what I had in my head, so it was perfect. It was like... I think they can fit like 200 or 300 in there. and such it, a good size. Yeah, it, it's just what I like. And uh, it once you see it, you're like, yes, this looks like a place where people get high all the time. <laughs> and it doesn't have that kind of stand-up, Vegasy stand-up stage that you see in most stand-up specials, which I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. That with the purple sucks. and pink lights kind of set. Yeah, uh, And then there's a weird real. disconnect, too, with the... The seats are always further back from the stage and shit like that. Yeah, and I also wanted to talk to my audience. And I specifically, as, as you saw, if you, you saw, I interviewed the audience to do what I call the narc test, where I go out <laughs> in the audience and see who's a narc. And I've done that a million times. I've done it for 10 years at different festivals and our 420 show. But I've never had an audience this high, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I, and I've had and I've had high audiences most, but most of the time they got high before the show because they couldn't get high inside the venue, so they're not getting continuously high throughout. And sometimes that was a negative because about halfway through they'll get that stoner lull where you could even see someone falling asleep. But at this venue, constant high, constant <laughs> yes. cloud of smoke in the. Awesome. It looks like a fog machine. In, in other stand-up specials, they will literally use a fog machine to get that kind of thickness in the air that you want when you're filming. We did not need a fog machine. <laughs> there was constant clouds of smoke wafting. But anyway, eventually I was like, there's no way I can do this show and not get stoned in the middle of it. So I I had the winner of that venue's bong contest come up and... Uh, give me a hit during the second taping of the show. And, <laughs> nice. uh, 
a funny thing. It was dog shit cherry pie, I think was the strain. No. Yeah, and I've never heard of cherry pie or dog shit specifically. It's a hybrid, obviously. But the whole place was going nuts. Like, everyone in Portland knows that strain. Oh, it was, really? It was so funny. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, dog shit. Like, that's, that's, that's the fucking strain to do, man. That's the dankest. And then someone later was, like, handing me something. I'm like, what is it? And I think he was like, it's dog biscuit. I'm like, what is up with these dog strains in Portland? And I've and how could I've never heard of any of them? <laughs> uh, yeah, never. No, I mean I love cat piss cobbler, but yeah. you know cat piss. There's there's God strains. There's one called oh. God's pussy. I know that. Oh, I don't know uh, but that that's one. great. Which yeah. speaking of, that's another bit in your new special. Yes, eating <laughs> eating the uh, vaginas. Which I don't I don't know how much you want to like, you know, spoiler it. Or not, but well, you have like, a lot of like wonderful twists and turns that that are like whoa. whoa. Let me, well, let me tell you a story about a specific thing. So I've done this bit for a couple of years too about uh, when you're uh, before you have a kid and you're like flirting with your wife, and it might be the middle of the day. You could be saying like later tonight I'm gonna eat that pussy. But once you have your daughter, you can't <laughs> talk like that in front of your daughter. So you start speaking in code about sex, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I won't go into specifically my bit of how I pissed off my wife and what I said in code. But then I go into the crowd and I go, what do you say in code? What What do you like to, how do you say pussy in the right way? So people start shouting shit out. And then I go, well, let's run that past my wife who's in <laughs> yeah. the audience. And I've never done that bit with my wife there, but I've told oh, her about the bit. Amazing. And she's always like, oh my God. You know, she's embarrassed about the bit. And and then I'm like, and I knew she was coming. I'm like, I'm going to do that bit at this show and I want to put a spotlight on you. And I told her this was going to happen. So I didn't surprise her, but it surprised the audience. And they're like, because they're so cavalier suggesting different things, you know. <laughs> and uh, go to Taco Bell, like really corny shit. And I'm like, well, let's ask my wife. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> and so then when we go to her, the camera goes to her, we put a spotlight on her. But as as you can see in the special, there's a guy right next to her that's eyes are completely closed when we go to her. <laughs> and I'm in my head when we're filming the special thinking, I don't want to look like people are falling asleep during my show. And this guy's right next to my wife. <laughs> But as I'm talking to her, he starts rocking back and forth in his seat <laughs> like he's grooving to a rock song at a concert. You know, like when you close your eyes, you just fucking ride the fucking <laughs> Trey's chords, you know? Yeah. And uh, so he's he's rocking out to my comedy. So suddenly I'm like, oh, he's not asleep. He's just grooving on my bit. <laughs> So then what we did in the edit was I, I put a picture in picture of this guy. I edit that moment of him grooving to, and I, I call it back a few times during the special and uh, at the end of the special too. But, uh, man, it's so funny. It, it was like turning, uh, uh, lemon into lemonade, I guess. Cause I was like, Oh no, it's gonna look so bad. And someone's asleep. Oh, actually it's, the best possible reaction to this. It's like he's at comedy Woodstock just tripping out. <laughs> yeah, and that is a whole other level of 
of con- cannabis comedy audiences is they don't necessarily laugh out loud. You can be in a total indica fucking haze and just be going, ah, 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. But this crowd was alive. So I'm glad because that was a concern of mine. I was like, oh no, I don't want this to be 45 minutes into the show and they hit some kind of indica sleep, you know, but they did it. So I'm happy to report. They were there. That's the other really cool thing about not only this special, but your stand-up that works so well for me is that you are always punching up. Like you're never making fun of, you're like you, you can make fun of them a little bit, but you're not being mean-spirited at all. And that is so nice. Well, mm. th- thanks for saying that. And I did come and I edited out some moments that, I, that I'll tell you like, there was the thing of being high and there was also the thing of a camera being on them. Mm. But uh, there were some moments that I did not include where people totally had the I'm on camera oh, yeah. freak out moment. And I had this older gentleman in the, we did two tapings of the special as people do. And the first crowd had a lot of regulars from this, uh, you know, this dab lounge, the cannabis club have no idea who I am I'm just the entertainment that night and these people are they're hardcore going back to Woodstock in their 70s and 80s mm-hmm. they're cranking weed every night and like I said it'll be a mandolin concert tomorrow night that they're at so, <laughs> so they're just they don't know what they're in for you know and I was talking to this, this guy and he didn't know there's gonna be a camera on him that night and he's high and he just went inside himself. And <laughs> cocoon, he zipped the cocoon. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was an awkward moment, like a kind of moment like, if I play this wrong, the audience is going to turn against me. So I got to play this moment with kid gloves and, you know, just kind of pat this guy on the back in a way and just move on yeah. and realize he wasn't prepared for this double whammy of weed and TV or <laughs> At the same time. Because that's a whole other thing that freaks people out. And they don't know until the camera's on them. And then it's like, oh, it's like stage fright and weed intersect and hit them at the same time. And it was something I hadn't hadn't accounted for. Like I said, I've done this for years. So I'm in my mind, I'm like, I know how this goes. I ask these questions. They say, I know the answers they usually get or how I can improvise off them. But that night... They were so high, and I got so many X factors that I hadn't counted on. That I was, uh, I was definitely pivoting on the on the move in that in that part of the show. Oh man, amazing! And you you had final cut yourself. Oh yeah, that's fucking that's awesome, man. I would hate to be a stand up with a special that didn't, and I haven't had that experience yet. But when you say that, I'm wondering. I would assume if you have enough juice to get a special, you have enough juice to get Final Cut. I, I would hate to not. I don't know. Comedy Dynamics, the company I did it with, gave me Final Cut. And we did a lot of editing experiments, too, with it that I was uh, really into trying. Like just making it kind of a trippy edit in certain points. Past, it, It's pretty normal to begin with. And then about halfway through, about the point I take the bong hit, we start playing with the editing a little bit. Yeah. And I hope people find it trippy. But like there's this dog who lives on my street, up the street about a block from me. 
Wait. I love how you said that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it's just funny to picture like, like oh, yeah, this dog who lives up the street. Like a Sesame Street. Yeah. There's a giraffe that lives with a dog, and uh, they make great. Uh, but uh, I'm high. Whatever. <laughs> I like no, that the it, dog has a residence of its own. That's what I picture. Like, yeah. like reading the paper in the morning. Well, he's in the special. You've seen him. He's the buzzkill poster dog, right? Uh-huh. I don't know if you got that far, but uh, he—it's a big sheep dog with a big furry head, and he lives in this house where the owners cut a hole in the fence that he can stick his head out of, you know, when he wants to check things out or bark at people walking by. But since it's a big old shaggy sheepdog head, yeah, it looks like it looks like when he sticks its head out the hole that it can't stick it back in. <laughs> and every time I walk by it, I just laugh my ass off because it looks like he's thinking buzzkill, like to me. Yeah. And so I took a picture of it <laughs> and and I show it to my wife all the time and she's annoyed by it now. I'm like it's so funny I'm like this is hilarious she's like alright I've seen the dog with its head in the fence I'm like but he's so bummed <laughs> yeah Buzzkill so I put that in my special like a couple of times I'll cut to the, that dog barking uh, in, in the Buzzkill poster but I I drove past that neighbor who owns the dog who I barely know at all and I'm like your dog's at my stand up special he doesn't even know I'm a comedian or anything <laughs> so it's so totally out of nowhere for him. What? Huh? Yeah, I took a picture of your dog. It's a major part of my stand-up special. <laughs> so good. That dog is going to have a blue check on Instagram when this thing drops. It's going to be great. Very famous dog. Definitely. <laughs> Sorry, you made me think about how its picture is like when the... It's a classic sitcom story where the kid gets its head stuck in the banister all episode. My brother did that. <gasps> really? I'm not fucking kidding. What? No way. That ha- that's so weird you say that. That was a major memory from my childhood was um, we both uh, were going to the mall with my grandparents and there was a fucking, and it was a fucking, it, it was, it was a banister. Yeah. And, at the mall. At the mall. And he stuck his head between those two poles and couldn't get his fucking head out of it. <laughs> and they had to get the fire department to come. And I can't remember what they did to get him out of that. Jaws of life Blew or something. Blew up the mall, maybe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My brother had a slightly larger head than kids his age. I, and in that same mall, another time we went and we couldn't find a football helmet in his in his size, his <laughs> head size. So there was this crazy story that haunted him. Uh, and my parents got so mad at my grandparents. Imagine getting the call, you know, even before cell phones, like on your landline. Uh, your son's head is stuck <laughs> in a banister at the mall and the fire department has to come. Is this the Brady Bunch calling me? No, this is our real life. Yeah. Do you remember any weird childhood injuries that you had? Well, can I tell you one more thing? My yeah. grandfather had one eye his whole life from the time he was like eight years old Whoa. because he had it poked out with a pencil in elementary school. Oh, fuck. Weird. So those are two old wives' tale that are yep. completely true in my family. <laughs> the, we're gonna, you're going to put your eye out. Holy wow, shit. shit. No yeah. member of my family has ever had their face frozen in a uh, moody expression. <laughs> <laughs> it gets stuck that way. Yeah. Uh, what 
you no, know, I was just wondering about like what what your weird childhood trauma injury was. Like I'm trying a, to think. Did you eat something weird or put something I, in your ear? I feel like it's. Gonna I, be it's funny because I I just told this story in Gabrus's uh, podcast, but once my brother hit me over the head with a wooden spoon, and if, you know if you get like a cut on on your skull, it bleeds profusely so like much yeah more than what the injury actually is yeah it look it looks much worse and so we went to the emergency room with that and i didn't want to narc on my brother because he could have narked on me about weed isn't that crazy how that it comes back to that uh-huh. but i was specifically just this was like my freshman year of college i'm just starting to smoke weed and he doesn't and he knows my parents will kill me uh, and we get in a fight. He knocks me over the head with a spoon, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell him because he'll he'll throw me under the bus for the weed. Yeah. So I go to the emergency room. They're like, "How did this happen?" And I say, "I was underneath a table and forgot I was underneath a table, and I stood up." <laughs> <laughs> and they bought it. Yeah. In college, freshman year. We were making a bong out of one of those, you know those wine bottles? I think they're called Chianti bottles or something. They're like... With the wicker? Yeah, and they're like six feet tall. Oh. Four to five feet tall. You know what I'm talking about? I've never really seen... long necks. Like they have them on display in restaurants kind of thing? Yeah, they're usually like you'll walk into the Italian restaurant and there's a fucking candle in it and it's like a six foot tall fucking candle. <laughs> but anyway, we're like, we're going to turn that motherfucker into a bong. So we, we <laughs> bought one of those bottles but trying to think of like, you still had to poke a hole in it, right? So how do you poke a hole into a wine bottle? Yeah. How would you do that? I would try a drill and it would go bad. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we did something stupid like that. Probably nothing less than like a professional glass blowing equipment would have succeeded. And yeah. we did something like a hot nail or something really stupid. <laughs> and I remember me holding the base me holding the base and my much larger, stronger friend pushing down on the neck and doing something, uh, the whole neck broke. Oh. And you see that scar right there? That's yeah. it. it. It went through the whole neck of the wine bottle, went through my uh, webbing of my, uh, between my thumb and my pointer finger, just totally slashed it. As ble- we ran to the college doctor, and once again, how did this happen? <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him. <laughs> making a fucking bong out of a wine bottle. So I said there was a fly on a window. <laughs> and I tried to slap the, the fly, and my hand went through the window. And the doctor didn't believe it for a second. No, He just went, I can't remember what he said, but I know he looked at me and went, bullshit or not uh or you're lying but he just totally negated my fucking lie right away whoa damn man <laughs> so you've, had, you've had some oh that's a serious weed related injury i know and that's one of those re, one of those things where afterwards you you all look at each other and go what were we thinking yeah well i i I, at the end of my pot special, I talk about how I, I nearly set my whole room on fire. And when I, because we were playing with uh, like lager alcohol and and candles when we were high one night, which was really stupid. Like made this really low kind of blue flame in a tray. And then I 
got up real quick or someone got up and stepped on the edge of it and it kind of just flipped oh. all this flammable liquid up into my tapestry oh. and my hair and my eyebrows and my my shaggy jeans and everything was on fire and I was doing this lunatic dance of slapping myself to put out the flames and yeah we did some dumb shit Whew. My wife's always like, how did you not kill yourself or get arrested <laughs> with all these stories? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and we've really got to keep our daughter from doing this. <laughs> well, now that I feel like now that, I mean, she'll grow up in a totally different environment with legal cannabis. She can just go and buy some and not That's worry about right. like making weird extractions at home or rigging some strange apparatus to smoke it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, people, you guys stop making your weird extractions at home for <laughs> sure and blowing yourself up. Oh, man. Will Will she smoke? Will you smoke with her? Um, I'm glad I didn't get high until I was in college. I think that was a wise choice. It, it wasn't as much a choice as much my parents put the fear of God into me about the whole thing. And I was in Arkansas and... I didn't even want to, like it didn't even enter my mind. So it wasn't like something I tried to and never did, or it, it just didn't even occur to me until I got to college. Where'd you go to college? Um, Amherst College, Massachusetts. Okay. So it was a totally different scene when you showed up there. Oh, totally <laughs> different. I had never been around and I'm half Jewish. I'd never been around like real Jewish people like Jews in Little Rock weren't like the New York Jews I was suddenly experiencing like. The, when I say that, I mean like the real culture of Judaism. Like I didn't feel it in Arkansas. I'd never been around or knowingly been around gay people or, or gay people who are out of the closet. You know, once again, I was from conservative Arkansas in the 60s and 70s. Was that why um, you were going there? Was to like open up the world to you? I, my mom, who I owe so much to, like uh, she was always like, when you go to school, it's not going to be around here. And that's nothing, it's no knock knock against Arkansas. If we had been in Massachusetts, she would have said the same thing. She, yeah. would, have, she would have said, you should go to school in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Like, she just wanted me to broaden my mind. And she also didn't want me to specialize. She wanted a liberal arts education. She sounds very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very cool. Where was and she so, from? Uh, she's from Arkansas. Wow. And came from a very conservative background. Way more conservative than what I'm talking about. So interesting. Um, Does like, she smoke weed? Well, she passed away, and she never smoked weed, and uh, she was very afraid of it actually mm -hmm. until the day she died. She 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 still equated it with hard drugs. And my dad, who also passed away, he did try it um, for medical reasons before he died, but uh, it was only in like the final year. And I would say it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, he didn't try it with me. He did it with a nurse and he did too much and got paranoid. He called me on the phone during it when he was paranoid. And it was funny because I didn't get at first that he was high in the moment. I thought he was talking about something like that happened like a day ago or something. And then I realized in the middle of it, oh, he's high now. But I was so not used to having my dad. Mm-hmm be that way I wasn't even thinking it. it it didn't enter my mind and I'm like oh my god I just talked to my dad hi <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a weird moment the first time you see your parent in an altered state of any kind like I remember the first time I saw one of my parents kind of drunk and I was like whoa that's true oh yeah. he was a drinker let me tell you he <laughs> mm -hmm. was a drunk in fact I, I saw him 
fall down on a chair and break it. So I definitely saw him drunk. <laughs> but uh, like I said, the I grew up in the just say no era. I talk about that in my show too. But it was definitely a whole new world. But even when I went to Massachusetts, and this is when like fish is starting and the, the whole Grateful Dead touring scene is so happening and... Uh, so, yeah, it was a whole different world. And like, oh, my God, I couldn't imagine this whole weed culture even existence before the Internet. So it's not like you can read about something and then go move there and experience it. You only know about it once you're there. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Do you remember the first time you smoked? Oh, yeah. Well, I talk about it in my show. Uh, but, yeah, I was... Uh, I was a drinker, like my dad, and very obnoxious. Like, what's more obnoxious than an 18-year-old male drunk? Just nothing. Who right? knows they're funny? Yeah, or or trying... Like, that's me. But, like, trying to prove they're a man, if I was really going to be critical of myself. Like, mm-hmm. to try to prove I'm older than myself, or... It's probably just that, like... Yeah. I know how to... You're, I'm so used to being under my mom's wing... Of like, like she made a haircut I had to have. Like I never had long hair to college, and just I was breaking out. <laughs> so you know, I'm, I'm definitely wanting to drink to prove myself and be a loud, obnoxious drunk. I think that's funny. And one day I'm walking down the hall. It's in the middle of the day, and this guy who's way more mature than me on my hall, who was like a stoner from New York. This guy had been getting stoned for a while. He's like. Besser, come in here, you know, and, and basically it's society needs you to get high right now. Just to calm, you need to calm the fuck down and bring it down a notch. And uh, I think it was good for my personality. Like I could see me going a different, my head going to this frat boy kind of booze personality mm-hmm. and even like cocaine kind of path, you know, which is a whole different mindset and path and like I could have seen me going either way but uh that being said I think I'm naturally fit for weed but I do do remember even in college a girl coming to me at a party saying Bester have you done ever done blow I'm like no and I'm I'm willing to try anything at this point and I'm no, and she's like, oh, you're so funny. You'd be so great on blow. <laughs> oh, no. And we went and we went into my, my room, and she started cutting some rails, and she started telling me how great blow was. And then the classic thing happens. Her nose starts bleeding oh. while she's talking. She's not aware of it. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that or been around that, but it's fucking gross and pathetic, and it makes blow not seem sexy at all. And she's sitting there bleeding from her nose, telling me how great it is. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pass on that tonight. So maybe that bloody nose saved me from uh, that path. (laughs) That's the movie moment. The absolute movie moment. Yeah. Yeah. Two roads diverged. Yes. <laughs> we, we was good for my personal, I guess, the long way of saying that. So I remember that, that he was playing Dire Straits on his guitar, and I, I was so fucking high. I was like, I sound just like Mark Knopfler. <laughs> <laughs> and people were walking down the hall, and I'd go, come in here. And I'd sing to them like, can you fucking believe how exactly I sound like him? Yeah. <laughs> 
is and like i say you're like we all say we're all chasing that moment from uh, then on of like that first, there's nothing better than that first month of getting high like were you giggling. did you do pranks too yes yeah. well yeah and some of them it's like hmm is that a prank or is that just straight up vandalism yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the time i'd gone hey, listen to this prank and then you'd go that just sounds like you destroyed something that belonged to someone <laughs> oh no that's that's a prank <laughs> it's funny i have a friend uh who's a college professor now at appalachian state and He's, uh, maybe I shouldn't give too many details, but anyway, he was doing a symposium at Amherst as a professor and he sent me a photo and he, and he's like, guess where I am? And he sent me a photo of Johnson's chapel, which is like one of the bigger buildings at Amherst that, that everybody meets in for big college meetings. It's like one of the bigger buildings. And I'm like, uh, and when he sent me that, I'm like, Oh, my biggest memory of Johnson's Chapel is the time I got drunk, and then I realized it was with him. Oh, <laughs> he only visited me like twice when I was in college, and one time we got really wasted and we broke into Johnson's Chapel and we broke into this one room because when you're 18, you're just breaking into rooms for no reason. Oh yeah, it's just like I want to break into this room and see what's in here, and we broke into a room and it was filled with light bulbs. <laughs> It was floor to ceiling light bulbs. And what do drunk eight year old boys at midnight do with a room full of light bulbs? Smash them we all. We smashed every one of those Smash motherfuckers. Oh no. With fucking glee. And now he's a professor revisiting that same building. I'm like, do you remember we broke into a room in that building and smashed all the light bulbs? Fuck. I got egged last night. Oh, yeah. Last night. It's not even Halloween. No, walking down Melrose Avenue, I got egged out of a car. Out of a car? Yep. Oh, that hurts. It did actually sting. It also just freaked me out because I had never had a projectile thrown at me from a moving vehicle like that. I have. I I have several stories of... We did um, we did eggs. I, we, I my egg memories are not on people though. It was on cars and buildings, windows. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, we did do biscuit dough. There was this raw biscuit dough. You know those little canisters. Um, they'll stick to anything, and it's almost like a snowball, really. <laughs> this is such just a, a can of Pillsbury. Yeah, so we'd go buy those, and they just stick really well to the side of a car, and they make this nice thump, and it doesn't really do damage. Right. Um, so it was a fun thing to throw at other people's cars. And one time, <laughs> my friend and I went to, it was like uh, uh, the parking lot where all the rednecks, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, so where all the rednecks would hang out on their pickup trucks and they would all get their pickup trucks and, and and put them in a circle basically and then just hang and everybody had their hangout like that ours was in a car wash but the rednecks it was outside this uh chuck e cheese pizza in the giant parking lot that they would do this every friday and saturday so we're like so the dare was I'll dare you to drive past that circle of rednecks and throw biscuit dough so we did that and it was fucking crazy. Yeah. And it was successful. <laughs> a month later, totally forgotten about that. Okay. We're coming back to that same mall to like go to a movie that has the Chuck E. Cheese. 
We pull into the parking lot. All of a sudden, all these pickups surround my car. Once again, like in a fucking movie, like in The Outsiders or something. Whoa. All these fucking rednecks surround us. And I'm... I'm a wimp now today. As a 15-year-old, I guess I probably was, I was so skinny and I was thin as a rail. The guys I were with were even thinner and more small than I was. The rednecks surround us, the call out, like, you guys were here, you guys were the motherfuckers who threw those biscuits at us. <laughs> um, we're going to kill you right now. We're going to just... And, yeah. and I was the toughest of the three of us and I wasn't tough at all. And I was like, wait, wait, this isn't fair. There's like 20 of you guys and there's only three of us. And he, and the, their leader says to me, you can pick out our smallest guy and, and fight him. Oh, movie <laughs> moment. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm still in my car, by the way. I haven't gotten out of the car. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not even, I'm not big enough to fight their smallest redneck. Uh, so <laughs> we, we somehow back up and get out of this. For the next, for the rest of the night, these guys chase us around Little Rock, Arkansas in their pickup trucks. Dude. What? Every time we came to a red light, they would get out of the car and start beating on my car. Oh my God. We were terrified. Yeah. It got to the point where I was running red lights because I couldn't stop to have them beat on my car. I was passing people who were stopped at red lights, so I'm being crazy. Eventually, guess what I did to stop it? Did you drive to the police station? I drove to the police station. No, I knew it. I drove right into the parking lot of the police station. I was like, and we had to wait till we sobered up because we were drinking going to the movie. But like I said, it took all night. So eventually I was like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to drive right into the police station parking lot. That's the one place where they won't beat the shit out of us. Oh, my God. Oh man. And that's what we did. This is such a screenplay. Yeah, that was my big uh, outsider's pony boy moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we wrap up, can we talk about this album as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just I, as a person who loves pranks and it sounds like you turn something that was um, most people would just find annoying, yeah, you know, into uh, a, real like a real piece of work. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's it's cool the way your mind works to twist things into your favor. <laughs> Thanks. But when I lived in New York, I uh, suddenly one summer I started getting phone calls all times of day and night, and it was at least a dozen a day. Um. And they were all asking for customer service support for something called bluelight.com. And it took me a while to figure it out, but bluelight.com was like run by, had something to do with Kmart, and it was a customer service for a bunch of different large corporations like Barnes and Noble or something like that. But lots of corporations had this customer support site. Their phone number. If you neglected to dial one before an area code, like everyone knows that, right? Yeah. When you dial an area code, dial one first. But on their website, they don't have a one. When they show their area code, it didn't have a one. So some people were just dialing the number without the area code. Mm-hmm. So if you, you, you following me? So if you lived in New York 
dialed a number without an area code, you'd still be inside the city, not in Houston where this was located, and you'd be calling my number. <laughs> so these idiots who weren't putting the one on the area code were dialing my number. Uh-huh. And just all of a sudden, constantly, every day. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and they're all like, I need customer support with my, I don't understand my discount code. And for a while, I was like, I'm not this, wrong number, wrong number. Eventually, I call bluelight.com. I point out to them what's happening. I said, guys, put a one in front of the number. <laughs> There's idiots out there that don't know to do that, and they're calling me. They say to me, everyone knows to put a one in front of America. I'm like, <laughs> no, you better do it. You better do it. They don't do it. So I'm like, fuck it. Now I'm going to fuck with every single person who calls me. Mm-hmm. So I started recording it. And so, uh, and it lasted at least a whole summer of me just fucking with these people. And I had a code, like you say, about punching up and down. If they didn't speak English, I didn't fuck with them. Only one guy on that, on my prank CD, doesn't speak English. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and if they seemed too old, I wouldn't fuck with them either. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but most people kind of had like an attitude right away. Yeah. Like I needed to help them and help them fast. And at least half of them are calling me. I'm waking up out of sleep. Right. <laughs> like some of these you can hear on the phone call, like me, my mind coming awake even. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. This guy's yelling at me. I'm going to screw with him. <laughs> but yeah, my, I call it May Help You Dumbass. If you're interested, you can go to mattbesser.com and find out about that. Or I think it's on iTunes too. But yeah, I, I did that and I had a, the artist Peter Baggy illustrate it for me. That's oh, so good. There's a bong on the front with Doritos. I just wanted to read a couple of the track names because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> who farted at Costco? Oh, man. Uh, hook it up with Jesus. I like that there's cock ring part two. <laughs> yeah, my first prank was, uh, that was my first one that I did was, because uh, they're so used to hearing, what's your name? Um whatever what's your social security number and then i'd go to cock ring size like <laughs> third whatever it was what's your cock ring size and i love pauses too what's your cock ring size pause excuse me yeah what's your cock ring size sir cock ring <laughs> and they want to mishear it yeah cock ring <laughs> i don't know what that is the ring that goes around your cock. How many inches is it? <laughs> or just simpler stuff. Just like, what's your favorite color? And they're like, what? Why is he asking me what my favorite color is blue? No. Try again. What? <laughs> Man, it's so good. Uh, could we do some plugs for your podcast as well? Because it's so fucking funny. Thanks. And uh, your new comedy dynamics. Just, I'm doing the plug now, please. Okay, well, I have Improv for Humans. That is my podcast. It's fully improvised. It's pretty much what we do at our UCB theaters. Just take a suggestion, we talk about shit, and then we improv and have a good time. Um, but pot humor is, yeah, it's it's uh, it's my amalgamation of all my 420 shows. We've done these April 20th shows at our theater for years, starting in the days when it was like, all right, close the doors, we're going to get high, don't tell anyone to. Everyone's getting high in the world, and everyone knows about this now. So the world has changed, but I've developed an act, and uh, as you've heard, I, I did it with a bunch of people getting high, and it was a good time. But you can go to mattbesser.com. I'll link it to the site for that, but it's on Apple, and 
DirecTV, Video on Demand, and Amazon. I think just all places that have this Video on Demand feature, Xbox, that kind of thing. That's awesome. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And then Thanks this- for having me on. Thank Absolutely. you for coming. Thanks for fighting the good fight. <laughs> Gods do. Thanks for waking and baking with us. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. Uh, and if you want to find us, you can go to Weed and Grub on Instagram, weedandgrub.com for everything else. Leave a five-star review. It takes one second and goes a really long way. Leave a real, real review if you have two more seconds. And send some whisk pics. Yeah, send Mary Jane some whisk pics. <laughs> Slide in those DMs with a nice whisk. <laughs> What's a whisk pick? Instead of dick pics, I request whisk pics. Like if you have a big fat whisk in your kitchen. Uh, like a cleaning whisk? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is some pot term I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a whisk pick? Yeah, a whisk. Bong picks are good. When a uh, weed gets caught in your cat's whiskers, that's a whisk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you for coming, man. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.